Hi, my name is Kendall Rawls, and I'm Director of Development with the Rawls Group. Welcome to our conversation today focused on four secrets to holiday family business success. Today is December 1st, so we are about 25 days away from Christmas. We are four or five days away from Thanksgiving, and we are in the fourth day of Hanukkah. So we are almost smack dab in the middle of holiday season. And depending upon what your plans were for Thanksgiving, you either spent time with family. Uh, and if you're in a family business, that meant even more time together. Uh, you may have spent time with friends that potentially called family and interacted with them. Um, and were reflective of what you were grateful for, thankful for, and maybe even reflective of the year past, given that we are almost to the new year. And I say all this because oftentimes holidays can be uh, wrought with uh, sometimes deep feelings and reflection as much as celebration and cheer. And the mixture of all that can sometimes be very confusing. And so what we're going to focus on today are four secrets to holiday family business success. So this picture here is a uh, reflects a family and a happy family and <clears throat> a diverse family. And, and what I want to focus on here is the diversity. So what we believe here at the Rawls Group is that family business or family means two or more people working together for reasons other than many. And so a family could represent a team, a management team, a department team. It also could represent a unit of, of friends or a community or someone, or if you volunteer, it could be a, a board that you work on or with. So when people come together and you're interacting with them and you get to know them from a personal standpoint and uh, you feel that connection of community and friendship, there begins to be familial feelings that happen. And then when you mix something that you care passionately about, whether that be a business, a team goal, a board goal, a volunteer goal, then there can potentially be differences of opinions. And even in just a pure family environment of what you want for yourself and how others view you, there's a mixture of love, there's a mixture of uh, opinions, there's a mixture of what you want for somebody else. And oftentimes that can create some, some conflict, but also conflict is a representation of the tension of love and creativity that, that you feel as well. So conflict is necessarily not always bad. It just depends upon what you do with it. So this is a picture here of a beautiful family. We see the backs of them. So what we're assuming right now is that everyone is extremely happy and together and in celebration. And this is when we think about the perfect family, uh, what some what what a picture could depict. Um, I would love this picture because it's we're viewing them from the back. So we don't know what what people's faces look like in terms of their emotion, their body language. We don't know what they're talking about. And so this is essentially the perfect family business, or sorry, the perfect family photo. Uh, and during this time of the holidays, there are tons of movies and commercials about how the magic, uh, the magic of the season, and there is so much magic of this season. And what is beautiful about the holidays is that it's a time to remember that magic does exist. Again, however, most times things aren't perfect. 
uh, the, the, the holiday commercials and movies that are depicted are not true real life because it is a, there's a plot, there is a storyline, there is a script. And so what we interact with and what we experience day to day is not truly what is happening from what we're seeing on television. If you are a television watcher and or what you may see on uh, billboards or anything that, that if you're out in the world that you are being, um, that the media is, is, is not pushing on you, but that you're seeing, it's really not reality because as you know, the day-to-day of dealing with employees, uh, colleagues, family, things get a little messy because that's reality. And so oftentimes this is how we can feel working in business, working with people that we care about, working on something we care about because ultimately we are committing our, our lives and our hours, a, lot, a, a large part of our time to something that is bigger than ourselves, uh, a company mission, a team mission, an organizational goal, a group goal, a board goal, and even in a family environment, how you interact with each other to support each other in the best way. And so this is a common feeling of, uh, and when you look at this, this image again, sometimes you can, depending upon how you view the clouds, you may see a heart in there, you may see um, distress, and it's just that feeling of what do I do? And if I, if you notice me looking down, I'm down, I'm looking at my notes because I have prepared a few really important points I want to deliver. So as I peek down, I'm just confirming that I am delivering those, those points to you. Um, so how many of you can relate to this in terms of stress and, and bewilderment, especially as we go into potentially a high intense environment where it is end of year. So um, in terms of business, there are end of year goals. And then there's beginning of year goals. There's budgets, there's strategy. Um, There's also end of year personal reflection, as I mentioned before. Um, And then there's the environment about being around family and those that you love. There's the, how do I find my own personal space and enjoy the holidays for myself, but also being there for others and being part of the the larger family unit or friend unit, because we all strive to want to connect and be with each other. And so again, that's what this conversation is going to focus on four secrets to holiday family business success. And most any success, whether it is again, in a team environment from a, from a communication and teamwork perspective um, or from a family environment, generally begins with you because you, um, I, I was meeting with a great coach yesterday and what she reminded me about was that thoughts lead to feelings, feelings leads to action. And so however you show up and decide to show up is really going to influence those, the environment that you're around. So if you show up with anxiety and resentment, um, even though in your mind, you're just, you're, planning on not having that impact the environment, you're going to show up with, with a different point of view or a certain point of view that if someone says something that seems pretty benign, all of a sudden they don't even know that they've, they've just stepped on an emotional bomb and that's when things can blow up. So I'm going to quickly run through four tips and secrets for you to find holiday, business, family, personal success. 
The first, oh, uh, just a little bit about me. Um, I am Kendall Rawls. I'm director of development with the Rawls Group, um, that which is a succession planning firm. Uh, we have been providing family business guidance and guidance to owners of capital intensive privately owned business owners um, for almost half a century. Um, this family or the Rawls Group was started by my dad uh, in 1973. I have 16 years working in the family business and about 41 years to give away my age um, associated with the family business working in, for, and around. Um, as such, I'm a family business and succession expert, a certified coach, a sister, a daughter, a friend, and a dog mom. I currently work with my brother and sister, um, and my dad is currently active in the business as well. And even though my mom is not employed officially by the family business, she's very much involved um, and is a and has been and currently is a, a strong part and heart for the business. So this is the perspective I'm sharing this insight to you from. So as I mentioned, conflict is everywhere and conflict can be good or bad. I was recently listening to a book called The Fifth Discipline uh, by Peter Singe, and he mentioned how conflict in some ways is when there's a difference of opinion or a dialogue or creative thought, it actually begins to create this tension, which when you think about it, tension can act as a bridge. And so it can create a, a stepping point or a place to walk over to come to an agreement or come to what the win-win-win is through that bridge. And so when you begin to think about dialogue or conflict from a dialogue perspective, where it's a sharing of ideas and it's a morphing of ideas, and there's not someone who is so grounded in their opinion, but it could morph and change, then there's a little bit more relaxation around conflict um, and perspective. And conflict, again, can arise from a family environment, from a business environment, and then um, from the unique perspective of family business, especially from the holidays, it can arrive in so many different ways. So one of the first things to consider, the first tip, is to practice the pause. Uh, the picture shown here, and I'm going to move my, my face <laughs> to the right, um, is a picture of my office. And if you're a grammar or spelling uh, person, you probably will notice that breath is spelled wrong. This is in my office. I don't really care. I kind of like that it's spelled wrong. So um, I didn't change it for, for the impact of, of the presentation. Um, a couple of years ago, I went through yoga teacher training. And until then, a lot of people would share with me that um, really focus on breathing when things get tight or there's conflict or there's worry. And I didn't understand it until I went through the, the teacher training. And the breath is, is so, it can be so powerful from the standpoint of even changing a perspective. Um, and they often talk about meditation is a, is a big thing now that a lot of people talk about in terms of finding space and time for yourself. And so really focusing on the, on the breath and finding a pause when there is conflict or when things arise will give you space instead of moving into the amygdala hijack, uh, where it's the freeze, uh, freeze, 
spawn or, or run. Um, and, and also think about where your breath is coming from. If you're breathing just from your chest up, then it's a really shallow breathing. And that oftentimes is where anxiety and anxiety attacks can be born from because you're not getting all the way down into your belly. And so as you're preparing for a holiday meal, a holiday event, or a big meeting over this holiday season, take some time and really focus on breathing down into your belly. And what you can do is you can even hold your hands down by your belly button and focus in on putting the breath all the way down there and feeling your hands expand and release. And so that is one way of finding the pause. Another way of finding the pause is through an exercise that I just recently found through an article um, by, it was published in McKinsey by Joanna Barsh and Johan Lavoie. I believe I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly, titled Lead at Your Best. And they provide various points and tips uh, to consider for leading at your best. And one of them was practice the pause. And they provided a really great exercises for practicing the pause. And so I'm going to read and provide you some insight into, or provide you an overview of these exercises. And below this video, I'll also provide a link to the article um, so you can have access to the, the exercises and then the other points that they've listed um, and exercises related to those as well. So just begin to think about something in the past um, where it was an event, something that someone said, a meeting, where you began to feel the, the heat rise, where you felt perhaps um, your throat tightening up and it, they pressed a, a, a trigger point for you. Something happened where all of a sudden you went from calm to I'm going to either fight, flight, or fawn. And just begin, we're going to stick here just for a moment. We're not going to stay here for a long time. Um, but just begin to notice what was said, how your body reacted. And what we're going to do is we're going to think about this instance as the tip of an iceberg. So in this moment, notice the impact on yourself. What are you doing or not doing? And what are you saying or not saying? And how are you acting? What effect are your words and actions having? And oftentimes think about the words that you're thinking about in your head. Think about what, what the trigger was. And then all of a sudden, the storyline that was created in your head, your thought process, think about where you were feeling the tension in your body, <clears throat> whether that was your stomach, your shoulders, your neck, where the heat was, and what, and what reaction you were having. Did you want to fight? Did you want to defend? Did you want to attack? Did you want to fawn and just walk away and say, forget about it, I don't care, or I'm just not going to engage right now? Um, fight, flight, <laughs> um, or fawn. So I just covered those. Um, okay, so we're there. So we're going to go to below the waterline in terms of the iceberg. What are you thinking and feeling but not expressing? And what negative outcomes are you most worried about? So really dig deep below that waterline in the sense of it's probably 
not what someone said, but in some ways it was somehow an attack or a challenge or something related to a value of yours. Um, so one of my key values and strong values as I've reflected and have done a ton of coaching is freedom and flexibility. And there was just to share a personal story, there was a, an incident at Thanksgiving and it was very benign, um, fairly benign, but I reacted and it, and it really impacted me for a couple of days and I didn't understand why. And the more I began to, to deeply think about what it was, why was it bothering me? I realized that it wasn't what was said and it wasn't someone's opinion. It was my, it was a feeling of an attack on one of my values and motivations of creating freedom and flexibility. And so consider going back to that point of a time that you just reflected upon, what was it that said that, that really, that perhaps challenged a value system of yours or a motivation or a dream and what negative outcomes from what was said are you most worried about? So right there, we're creating, notice what stories or next steps or where your mind went. So we're going to go deeper still. Look at your values and beliefs, what I just touched on. What is most important to you? What belief do you hold about the situation, about yourselves and about others? So going deeper, if this person has this opinion or this idea is shaped in this way, or if someone has a stereotype of your views you this way, how does that challenge your belief? How does that impact your world? Or what is that? How are you thinking that way? And then going even deeper, examine your underlying needs. What is at stake for you here? Are you aware of any deeper desires and needs? So again, this is all about you. This has nothing to do about anybody else what their opinion is, what their stereotypes are, whatever it is, this is all about you. I'm going to read it one more time. Even deeper, examine your underlying needs. What is at stake for you here? Are you aware of any deeper desires and needs? And then surprisingly, perhaps, you most often create the outcome we fear. So if you're worried about losing control over something, Think about, did you snap in that situation? So you lost control of your emotions. So in some ways, what you fear and what you're worried about someone challenging you on or, or challenging that belief or challenging your future, did you potentially just create that by how you reacted? Um, in, a, in another book I was reading, um, and I'm going to try and paraphrase this as best as possible, but they were talking about how someone can try so hard and work so hard to create the outcome that they want, that in some ways they may be compromising the outcome that they want. And one of the analogies that I always come back to whenever I'm thinking about, am I, am I holding on too tightly to something, um, is an analogy of riding a wave. So in surfing, um, I'm not a great surfer. I'm not going to pretend to be, but I have tried. Um, one of the things you have to do is it's, you have to ride the wave. You have to allow mother nature and ebb and flow with what's being put forth and what you're, what you're balancing on. You can't control, you can't control the wave and you can't control. There's so many things you just can't control, which is going to lead us now to our next tip. 
understand the locus of control. There are certain things in the environment that you may be, as you're thinking through what a family dinner may be, a Christmas party, uh, interaction with a brother or sister, someone that you work with, you have concerns about what their perceptions are going to be, what storyline they're walking down, what opinions they have. And that is what we call the area of concern that is out of your control. And there's no way that you ever can control it. That's the part of the, of the dynamic of life, of riding the wave. What you can control is your area of influence. And that is your thoughts. That is the actions that you have on your thoughts. That is your perceptions. That's how you can view things. That's how you are going. That's how you can plan or strategize to show up. Again, in a recent coaching session I had, uh, as I was preparing this for, for you guys, she reminded me um, that you can strategize before you go into a meeting or go into a family environment of what do you want out of that? How do you want to show up? How do you want to feel in that environment? How do you want to interact with those around you? And you can decide. You can decide what things are going to bother you and what things are not going to bother you. You can decide even that nothing's going to bother you. Oftentimes when traveling, and I got this um, tip from my dad because he travels a ton, and I know that it's probably going to be a tough day because there's a lot of um, weather out there. I make the decision that nothing is going to tick me off. You can't even, don't even try because I'm going to find the Pollyanna or the upside to everything. And so as you move into the holiday season, you can also decide what are, what are things that you're going to control, what things you can't control and focus on the area of influence right there, right in the center um, of that beautiful red circle. And the next tip is to arrive grounded. And this can be easier said than done. Um, everyone talks about meditation and getting enough rest. Um, and most of these, and all these are easier said than done. They really take purposeful thought and planning and strategy. Um, it's a, it's, it's when going into a, a complex situation that you know is there, it's similar to knowing when a hurricane or a, um, a natural event or something is coming up, you have the time to plan and strategize. So sitting there and waiting for a storm to come, knowing that it's coming and doing nothing, that's, that's when essentially, if anything were to happen, that's on you now because you had the opportunity to plan and strategize and think ahead. So arrive grounded. Do what you can to arrive rested or what and doing and planning and strategizing, whatever gives you joy. So if that is, if you're traveling um, if that is getting a workout in, if that's going for a run, if that's going for a walk, if it's sitting just quietly, create strategies for you to get away. Um, if it's meeting friends, if it's being around people, create strategies to do what you need to do in order to arrive grounded. And the other tool is oftentimes in a family environment, in a, in a family business environment, there are stereotypes that or roles that we have played in the family. So there's the ones, the, the easy ones are the golden child, the drama queen, the scapegoat. Um, and 
and as we grow and, and mature and age and have different experiences, people, family members or key managers or leaders may still hold on to those because that's, that's all they know. And it's easy for them, but you've grown beyond it and you know, you've grown beyond it, but you're stepping back into this world, um, that, you know, that they still have these beliefs and, and you're wondering how can you change it? So again, thoughts lead to actions and feelings. And so if you arrive knowing who you are and grounded, then you can have a different perspective on it. You can even in some ways laugh at it, not in a haughty, uh, rude way, but in a, that's kind of funny way. Like it doesn't even bother me way. And so this tool, the belief table is, is really powerful and you creating strategies and you digging in deep to know who you are and creating evidence for yourself to know that you aren't that person. Because when you're in an environment where everyone's saying that, so if you're traveling home or you're going again to a meeting and people are labeling you something that you know that you're not, it can be easy to fall into that and go, man, am I, am I wrong? Am I out of base? So this strategy can help you find the evidence for yourself to have confidence in who you are and who you've grown to be and how you've developed beyond what other people may think you are. And so how it works in a, um, as an example, so an easy one I'm going to go with, and this is a pretty basic example. If someone calls you selfish, um, cause you haven't thought of others or you're, you're, you're wanting to grow in your career and you see a path of how it can benefit the business or, um, there's, there's different ways that people can call you selfish. So what you do is you take the thing that you are, that you know, you are, and you're, and you put it on top of the table and a table needs at least, at least this one. And, and, uh, which is why I chose one with four legs needs at least four legs to stand on. And so the goal is to create at least four pieces of evidence, looking back to your background, um, your, your history, interacting with friends, um, volunteer organizations, if you were in college or school where you volunteered, anywhere in your past history where you can find the evidence to say, I am not selfish. And so what I did here is I put considerate, family oriented, oriented or family business oriented. And so then you begin to create the evidence. So one example could be you navigate differences of opinions you really do listen and, and work to engage, to understand how, where people are coming from in order to create and develop different ideas and connect with them. And these are just examples. Another one is creatively problem solve outcomes. So if you were the thing that they say you are, but you're not because you're considered family oriented and family business oriented, then this, the creative problem solving would not be true, but it is true because you can look back into your history and how you interact with all the different types of groups and you have evidence to show that you do creatively problem solve. Another one is you, you engage in what others care about. And so by doing that and you find ways to connect, that's another piece of evidence that you are considerate, family oriented or family business oriented. And then the last one, as this example is, you, you give up personal gain for others. So you're not always just driving through with what you care about. You have evidence and times in your history where you said, you know what, that's not that important to me, or you know what, this is important to me, but that's important to them. And I care about them. And you've done that. 
And most oftentimes when you begin to engage in the belief table, you begin to, to create eight, 16, 20 legs for the table to, to stand on. And it's extremely powerful. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by the stereotypes and, and you're wanting to show up grounded and, and in your power and, and know your strengths, take some time and create a belief table for yourself. And the last tip that I would like to share with you guys is, is number four. Um, so in some ways it could be a bonus because there's four agreements here, um, is practice the four agreements. This book has been extremely powerful in transforming my relationship with myself, relationship with friends, relationships with family, and relationship with the people in the Rawls group. Um, I'm going to, to highlight the two that have been most powerful for me, but I highly encourage you to look at this book, read the book, listen to the book. It's very short. Um, and easy to consume. So be impeccable with your word. Say what you mean and mean what you say. And really think about when you may be gossiping. And, and as Don Miguel Ruiz mentions, that gossip can be poison um, to others because you may be tainting their point of view and something that that's how you see it, but it's not true to them. And again, how you see it is just a perception. You can change what you think and you can see something in a different way. Don't make assumptions. This one is so powerful. And this is what I am going to highlight. Most often in our, in our interactions with other people, we want to create story because we're uh, meaning making machines. And as, for example, going back to finding the pause in that breath that you're, that you're practicing or as you're going deeper down, Notice what assumptions you may be creating, that if someone um, said X, what immediate story did you create around that? What um, assumptions have you made? Um, and so really work to drop those because most everything is not about you and someone, how they react to you or in an in a interaction or, or what's happening or even a decision um, during a holiday season to um, not call or, you know, just whatever it is. Most things are having to do with the other person versus a, a behavior based upon how they view or think of you. They're thinking about themselves most often just because it's human. And so that one leads so very much strongly is you don't take anything personally. If you don't take, make assumptions and don't take things personally, there's so much freedom in that. Because again, most dynamics, most things of, of what people are saying, um, how people are acting have to do with them and not you. And then always do your best. And that's hard because all of these, well, it's, it's hard, but it's probably the most easiest thing because we can only do the best we can in the moment with the information we have. Hindsight is not a place you want to live because hindsight means you've had a lot more information. You've had some time and rest. You may have found the pause a little bit more. You had some time to breathe. And so always do your best um, and know that your best is your best in that moment. So those are the four tips for secrets to holiday family business success. And there's one in here I'm going to throw as a big bonus, and it goes into always do your best as well is grace. Give yourself grace. 
this is a intense time of the year. Um, as I mentioned, there is, especially in a family business, there is business priorities happening and there could be frustrations that have built up over the last year, um, unknowns that you're grappling with and trying to problem solve and figure out conversations that you're wanting to have, but there hasn't been time to have them, strategic endeavors that feel like they're not moving anywhere. Um, and then on top of that, as you're working with the people in your business that you may have family blood relation with, you're then seeing and interacting with them at a personal level um, during the holidays. And so it is so hard, I'm speaking from experience, to work to separate that as much as possible. When you're looking, when you're looking at family during the holidays and you're outside of the office, really look at them as your family. Connect with them as your dad, your mom, your brother and sister. Because carrying the resentment, carrying anger, and it's something that I'm also constantly practicing and letting go, only gets in the way of beautiful time and relationships. And we don't ever know. Time is not a renewable resource. Um, at, some, at some place in time, um, our family dynamics are going to change. People are going to pass on to uh, pass on or um, get married or or have different priorities where we're not together as much as we want to be. And so really practice grace. And I'm here sharing this, these four tips or five tips with you coming from a place that I have not mastered these at all either. Um, family and personal development and family business is a constant balance. And it's something that um, takes constant work, same, same amount of work and attention as it does to um, cultivate a garden or keep your body um, fit or um, whatever, whatever it takes, or, or great relationships. So just know that these are not meant to be mastered. These are meant to um, be thought of as strategies and to lean on when, when you feel the heat rising or the anxiety rising and potentially impacting what you are looking forward to and being around your family, those that you are blood related to, family, those that are long-term loyal colleagues of yours, um, and family with those that are friends. If you have any questions or wanna talk further about any of these four, um, four key areas, and go deeper, or the fifth one too with grace, um, or have any questions as it relates to balancing family and business, please feel free to reach out to me. This is my contact information. And as a gift, if you are interested in look and reading or listening to the four agreements, just email me four agreements in the subject line, and I'll be happy to um, send that to you as a gift. Um, it is that powerful and has been that transformational and in my life and in relationships, I would love to share that gift with you during this holiday season. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you have any additional tips or strategies that you would like to share, please feel free to email me or comment uh, in the area below. And happy holidays. I hope everyone enjoys the time that they have with their family, find time with themselves and enjoy this holiday season.